Super Talk Mississippi media production. This is Jack Hoffman. For nearly 31 years, Tico Steakhouse has been a staple for fine dining in Jackson, Mississippi. I would like to invite you to come experience our family tradition of our hospitality, sizzling steaks, and healthy poured beverages. East County Lime Road in Ridgeland, 601-956-1030. I'm Steve Azar, and I'm on the other side of the microphone, meaning I'm asking the questions this time, and oh, have mercy for the airwaves. I spent 20 years in Music City, wrote and made some hits, traveled the world, and then moved my family back to the birthplace of American music and where the magnolia trees prosper. And now every time I put my feet on Mississippi soil, when I'm off the road, well, I'm at peace. On this show, it's all about hearing the stories straight from the mouths of the friends I've made along the way, their journey to success. Heck, there might be someone on, I don't even know, but you know how us Mississippi types are. We tend to take well to new company. In a Mississippi Minute, all 60 of them. I'm Steve Azar. It's just like that muddy river moving slow. Ain't no worries, it's how life goes. In a Mississippi minute. That's right. I'm Steve Azar. Please don't forget that there are a whole lot of good things going on right here in Mississippi, from events to unique places to visit. Go to visitmississippi.org to find out more. That's visitmississippi.org. I recently reacquainted myself with today's guest in Orlando doing a charity event for our good buddy Robert Gomez. I was introduced to her years back in South Dakota by a mutual pal of ours, Chris Cheddar, who also spent a Mississippi Minute with me. Anyway, it was good to see her catch up, play some golf, and help raise some money for a great cause. As a professional golfer where she won seven times, including five times on the LPGA Tour, on her way to a stellar career. Her junior career was off the hook and where she grew up in Arizona. She ends up in Hawaii playing golf. All of a sudden, she turns pro. A lot of stuff happens before, in the middle, and after, and we're going to get to it right now. Coming to you from the Keep Mississippi beautiful studio, please say hey to a wonderful, talented lady in Cindy Rarick. Hey, Cindy. How are you? I'm good. I'm usually sort of reading that more, but I... But I didn't read that more, so I, I felt like that was more from the heart. So I, I'm feeling good. Well, about it was a wonderful introduction. Thank you so much for that. <laughs> you got it. Uh, so where are you at this point? I know you live mountain time. Is that right? Yes. Uh-huh. I'm out in Tucson, Arizona. And even though it was really chilly last night, it's going to be a beautiful day, probably up to 70 degrees. So it'll be a nice day for an afternoon of golf. Ah. Uh, so, all right. When, when Christmas hits and it's 70 degrees, is that a good thing? Yes, it is. No, no uh, shoveling snow is always a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, so where did you grow up? Did you grow up in the land of shoveling snow, like Minnesota-ish? Absolutely, that's it. Minnesota, and for the first 10 years of my life, that's where I lived. And then my dad got tired of the blizzards and snowstorms, and he said to my mom, come on, we're moving to Arizona, and here we came to Tucson, and I've faced out of here ever since. It's a beautiful spot. I don't live here full-time, however, because... You know, summertime, it's brutally hot, and right. it's just not tolerable. Now, so grow, you grew up, how, how old were you when you made the move from Minnesota? Ten. And was it based off of, you, you talk about your dad wanting to get out. So what did your dad do and your mom do growing up a, when you were growing up? Well, my dad was a court reporter, and in Minnesota, he had to travel around by car with the judges to go do depositions in different counties and different towns and cities. And so it was a lot of driving, and that's what happened is he was with a judge on one of these 
trips in the winter, and they both almost died because of a blizzard. Wow. And he got so scared, he went back home and he said to my mom, Gloria, we are moving to Arizona, that's it, you know. And, and that would be enough to do it. I mean, you, you get right. scared to death, basically. Um, and so, fortunately, we did move out here because if we didn't, I probably would never have become a professional golfer. So it was a great thing for my life and my future. Did, did Okay, so were you hitting golf balls at that time, or were you playing soccer or playing uh, uh, softball, basketball? Were you doing other sports? I mean, did golf was golf even a thought before then in, the, in Minnesota? No. Yeah, not really, Steve. Um, you know, golf, I didn't really take up golf until I was 15. I was a sophomore in high school. But what happened was in junior high, I was very athletic um, as a kid, and so I did play a lot of different sports, volleyball, softball, ran a little track. I mean, I liked it all. And, um, and then my freshman year, I played on the tennis team. But the problem is nobody in my family played tennis. You always have to find a partner. Right. And, <laughs> or, a know, backboard, so I, or a backboard sometimes is what I used to do. But not well, as that's much true, fun. too. Not as much fun. Not, yeah, exactly. Not <laughs> as much fun. But my parents loved golf. They were weekend golfers. Not very good, but they really enjoyed the game. And my dad said, you know, why don't you try golf? So in high school, way back when I went, uh, there was only a boys team. We didn't have a girls team, but luckily the coach was very encouraging and welcoming, and he said, yes, come on out. And the good news is I had a natural swing from the beginning, I guess because I was kind of athletic. And so he said, no, please come and you know practice with the team and be a part of it because I was brand new, so I wasn't playing. And I mean, you're 15. Yeah, I was, I was 15. It's crazy. But I am, and, yeah, and so what happened was, um, you know, with his help and guidance, and my mom then got me some additional private lessons. My game improved quickly, and the very next year, well, by the time I was 17, I won a state Arizona State Junior Tournament, which then enabled me to get a scholarship, because even now, scholarships for young gals coming out of high school are not used up for golf. I mean, they're just out there and available. But anyway, fortunately, there was one for me, and I went to Hawaii, and it was just a blessing. Oh, my gosh. I mean, it's that going to Hawaii and learning the different cultures of, you know, it was just, in the Pacific, it was just fantastic. So I just couldn't be more thankful for that. At what point did you sort of the switch and you go, oh, there it is. The private teacher that I had when I was just getting into the game, he always taught me that quality was more important than quantity, where there's a lot of teachers that just want you to beat balls, beat balls, and it's all about quantity and hitting 500 balls and, and you know like for example a vj singh he is more of you know what they they used to call him the term range rat because he loved to hit balls and some people really love pounding balls all day and they feel that they need to do that to ingrain but for me my teacher said listen if you're hitting shots the way you want to you don't have to keep keep hitting hundreds of balls doing the same thing because at some point something's going to change and you might get into a bad habit and so I kind of took that mentality on, whereas if I was very satisfied with two or three shots, hitting them exactly the way I was attempting to, you know, I'd move on to maybe another shot. You didn't want to mess it up, another... right? Right. You don't want to mess it up because there's a, there's, a, there's a time where you can go overboard, and then you can turn it the other way. So, you know, it's a fine line with golf for sure, and, and you're right, it's very difficult, but you do have to put the time in. And I think where I put more of my time was with the short game and the putting. Um, most people underestimate how important the short game is. I mean, not players, you know, at your level or my level or whatever. We all know how important the short game is. But for a lot of amateurs, they, they just think, oh, yeah, let's go to the rain and hit long shots, long, you know, long balls. How far can we hit it? But anyway, where I'm saying is uh, where I put a lot of time in is the short game 100 yards and in. 
because that is where you're you're going to score. Right. You know, that's where you're hitting it in there tight, and you're going to be making more birdies than than hopefully not making birdies. So it's 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 all about that. But yeah, you know, you just have to put time into anything. You know, uh, I drive my listeners crazy because golf ends up getting brought up because a lot of us all met because of this game and all that. But right. golf was that game. Not like basketball, because you're going at each other. There's the time in between games or, you know, go before you're stretching, you're talking and all this. But you don't have four and a half hours of concentrated time. You know what I mean? All all wrapped up in one to get to know somebody. And, right. And because of that, we've all gotten to know each other. So you had this ability to do this younger and and understand that and i'm wondering did you ever comprehend past the game itself with relationships how it would help mold you along the way how it was doing that and how it would you know basically prepare you for life you're absolutely right when i was younger you know 19 20 21 you're getting out there you're going for it you don't realize at that point or you don't think about it the value of what's going to be happening over time throughout your life and your career out on the road, the thousands of people that you meet along the way, right. and and how many friendships that you do develop that are lasting friendships. And even if you only see each other, you know, once every year, I mean, thankfully, you know, we reunited and hadn't seen you for a few years, but it was kind of like we picked up where we left off, you know, right. great to see you because, you know, everybody knows people's lives are busy, but it's always a pleasure and, a, and it's a wonderful thing. But over the years, I mean, I'm sure it's the same for you, traveling on the music circuit and, and doing all your gigs and doing those things, you're meeting people along the way that you continually see year after year. And then you develop those deeper friendships with them. Right. And they become, you know, a part of your life. And I've been so fortunate that throughout my career, I still keep in touch with people that I met when I was a rookie on tour, right. you know, over 30 years ago, which is, is amazing and it's a wonderful thing because you know I'm sure just like as we all learn as we age relationships are phenomenal I mean that's what life is is meant around our, our relationships with other people and how we love them how they love us and and all the good things that happen because of it and so yes I'm so thankful that I chose the game of golf or my dad recommended my the game of golf to me because it really has enhanced my life so much more than just even competing and playing the game, the sport, I mean, which is phenomenal, but it's, it's everything else that encompasses and goes along with it, which is not only seeing the world and traveling to beautiful places, most importantly, it's the people that I've met along the way. I, I just love the people that are golfers. You know, they're nice people, that are compassionate, they're, you know, it's, it's just they're kind, you know, it, it's just, there's just so many similarities between golf and life uh, to begin with, in my opinion, so... Um, anyway, I just feel really grateful that, you know, this game is a part of my life. I love it. Well, I'm, I'm grateful as well. We are with Cindy Rarick, multiple winner on the LPGA Tour, and I want to start digging into sort of the future. Oh, yeah, we're rolling in a Mississippi Minute from the Keaton, Mississippi beautiful studio. I'm Steve Azar. I want to remind you folks of all ages, you'll find fun across Mississippi. From events and unique places to visit, to history and culture, to sports and outdoors, see where your next adventure awaits. Go to visitmississippi.org for more. I'll be right back. In 
a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Didn't give two cents about my flaws. Whatever the hell I drive her to. We're one Mississippi. Find out all the incredible things to do right here in our great state. Go to visitmississippi.org for more. I'm Steve Azar. I'm with LPGA. She she did some damage on that tour when she was uh, when she was full time. And I, I don't know if if you. It's like with Kim Alexis. First of all, I'm with Cindy Rarick, and uh, you're in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful Studios. But like when Kim Alexis, when I was interviewing Kim, she go. I was saying former supermodel. And that didn't sound right. Like, it's almost like it was a, like, okay, you're not worthy of it anymore. And she was like, she goes, I know it's a hard, it's a hard one to say because you're still a supermodel, but you're not like current, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like you're, yeah. so it was hard. So with, with you as well, you're still a professional golfer. You girls still get out and I've seen you play. You play so, I mean, amazing game. Uh, and I love your tenacity um, I got to know when you were – okay, first of all, getting to know you. I'm thinking – I've heard this before from, from other golfers. They say that they wanted to be a professional in a sport, and they chose golf. And I go, wait a minute. There's got to be a certain amount of talent that has to be – or a gift from God that you can go work at that you – you know what I'm saying? Like in the music business, mm-hmm. you can say you want to be a great singer and songwriter, but I think that there has to be – I know you can go develop – but there has to be enough of a God-given talent to start the process in the first place. So in, right. would you, were you one of those growing up says, I'm going to be a professional athlete regardless? No, not really. You know, I, I knew that I loved sports. I knew I loved competing. Um, and, I, and I enjoyed so many of them. But when I got a scholarship, that brought my attention to focus only on golf for a while. And once I started competing with gals my own age and about my same caliber, I'm like, wow, I think I can do this. I want to try to go for it. I'm going to try to do this. I mean, what I kind of really thought I was going to be was possibly a dancer. I love music. I love dancing. And I thought I would become, you know, some kind of a, of a dancer in my life. That's what I thought. But, you know, fortunately, I, I like the athletics. And um, like I said, I mean, I still love dancing. But, you know, it's probably a good thing because golf, you can play for life. Dancing to a certain level, yeah, hopefully you can dance forever, but at some point doing it as a full-time job, your body gives out and you have feet problems, ankle problems, you know, those kinds right, of things. Right, right. anyway, <laughs> you know, so. <laughs> uh, so, no, I didn't really start out thinking, okay, I'm going to be a professional athlete. I don't know which sport yet, but I'm going to do that. No, it, it really wasn't my focus. It was just kind of how the path took me there. All right, let's talk. This is going to be a real dumb question. Let's get to Hawaii. So okay. why, why Hawaii uh, besides Hawaii? That's, yeah, that's a good question. Well, I had written uh, to many colleges, you know, your senior year or junior year of high school. You know how you do that. And you're writing to see if anybody's interested. And um, that's what the counselors tell you to do. So I wrote to a, a school in Florida, a couple in California. And, of course, University of Arizona and Arizona State, um, who are still known as very good golf schools. And I would have been staying in-state and in-state tuition and that whole thing. But when I was granted a scholarship, and first of all, you know, I thought, okay, I would like to get away. My dad died when I was a senior in high school. Oh, and I'm sorry. I just thought, you know, maybe I should leave and not just stay put. There's more that I need to learn. 
And actually, it was the best thing that ever happened. I mean, whether I went to Florida or California or Hawaii, any one of them would have been good just to get out of the atmosphere of my hometown and my own friends. If they had, you know, a lot of my friends, though, they all went to other schools as well out of state. But um, it was just a great learning experience because, you know, when you're that young and you're all of a sudden you're independent, you know, you don't, you can't rely on your mom and you can't rely on your home and you can't, you, you've got to learn all these things by yourself. And, and I was halfway, you know, felt like halfway around the world. Uh, I'd never ventured out. I'd never gone that far by myself in, in my life, of course. So here I end up landing in Honolulu and fortunately the golf coach picked me up. They took me to the university. You know, I got my, into my dorm and it's like, oh my gosh, now what? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> Just trying to figure everything out. But, you know, I think that's really a good part of the education process. It's a, a life education, not so much academic at that point, you know, because you're learning how street smart. You know, you're trying to get along so you can figure it all out. And uh, anyway, it was, it's just, I just feel like it was just the best thing that ever happened to me, really. How was your, we're talking to Cindy Rarick. Cindy, how was your ske- golf schedule? I mean, did you always have to cross? <laughs> the yeah. Pacific to um, go play? Right. And, see, that was kind of the problem. Um, you know, we were a, a young team, and the thing was the school did not have the budget to fly us back and forth to the mainland to compete in that many tournaments. We got to compete in three, and that was before University of Hawaii even hosted a ladies' event. Now they have, host a couple of them, I think. But we didn't even host our own. So, yes, we had to travel. We had to travel to one, once to Arizona and two to California. But three times is, is really not enough competition. Not when even you're close. Play, not, yeah, not even close. I mean, these other schools now, I mean, they're playing at least a tournament a month or two a month. You know, uh, I have a nephew that plays golf at the University of Arizona, and he's doing great. But, oh, my gosh, listening to his schedule, I'm like, boy, these college kids are almost like they're on tour now. They're going, yeah. going, going. You know, I wonder how they even find time to study. But, um, yeah, for us at that time, we just didn't compete enough. So I knew I needed to get more competition to develop my skills because that's how that's how you're tested you've got to be under the gun you know right. you've got to be right in the moment you know so, so I'm, I'm struggling anyway. to see how this happened this quick with you because you and i both know how difficult this game is or any game on a professional right. level you're talking about mm-hmm. so you start at 15 mm-hmm. and you okay i'm trying to now at this point you're 18 or 19 and you're only having right. three tournaments you're going to school I just right. I can't see how you had the time to get this great this quick. Well, what happened was after two years of school, I had to make a decision. Um, I had a roommate. She was from San Diego, and she said, you know, she felt the same thing. She wanted more competition, and so she said, Cindy, we either got to transfer or turn pro. And I and I said, <laughs> gee whiz, that that that's kind of scary, you know. And my mom's like, you stay in school, you've got a scholarship, you're going to get education. I said, Mom, universities have been around, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and if it doesn't work out, I'll. I'll go back and I'll finish my education because I just felt like right then my passion was so strong for the game and my desire was there, my motivation, everything. So I ended up turning pro. My roommate, she ended up transferring to UCLA and finished her education. Yeah. But what what happened was me turning pro at that young age of 20, you know, and I was still green, you know, new behind the ears and all that stuff. It's like I had to – I played some foreign tours and some mini tours to get experience. And that's what happened. I had to do that for four years. I played – mini tours and I played over in Asia and then I played in Europe one season and then when I went to the qualifying school after that I finally got some status to be on the tour 
which was a non-exempt status, but I played so well my, as a non-exempt person, uh, player, that um, I was able to get um, exempt status from that point forward. And at that, after that, I never lost my card, and I was out on tour for 24 years. So, yeah, that I'm very excited about because, you know, a lot of players, I mean, we've seen it not only on the LPGA but on the PGA. You see a lot of these guys that they're out there, they do great, and then all of a sudden, their game goes downhill for a couple of years right. and they bounce off the tour and they go back to the web.com or now the corn fairy. I mean, it, they go back and forth, back and forth throughout their career because golf, you can never stay at the top or you can never stay at a high point. You, you have fluctuations in your game. You know how it goes. Right. And so anyway, I was thankful though that I never, my skill level stayed there or I played enough or something that I was able to maintain keeping an exempt status all those years. But, you know, I, I was fortunate. Because, you know, a lot of players aren't quite as fortunate. But anyway, um, it is. It just comes from a lot of hard work and persistence. Well, you, you, you crammed all this hard work in a short window, I mean, a small time uh, of your life. And that, to me, is amazing. But it also says that you did have this incredible gift and that when you stepped on the pedal, you know, you went fast. We're talking to Cindy Rarick. You're in a Mississippi Minute. Hey, uh, Cindy, you get to play DJ right now. It's part of my show where I allow... Uh, all of my guests, since we are the birthplace of American music, to participate. So would you like to hear Faith Hill or the band Perry? Well, I'd prefer to hear you, but okay, Aww. let's go with uh, the band Perry. All right, we're gonna, sorry, Faith. Band Perry, you know, all these acts are from Mississippi. It's insane. We got a lot of talent. Want to remind you folks of all ages, you'll find fun across Mississippi, from events and unique places to visit to history and culture to sports and outdoors. See where your next adventure awaits. Go to visit Mississippi.org for more. We're with Cindy Rarick, LPGA. A lot of times she won. You're in a Mississippi Minute. Keep Mississippi beautiful studios right here. We'll talk to you in a second. Don't go away. beginnings all the way back to 1943. Guarantee Bank has grown from offering the basic banking services and products to serving customers with a comprehensive, complete line of expertise and products only expected at much larger institutions. We are proud to be your local big-time bank. So when you're looking for a bank you can truly depend on and trust, and like me so many years ago trying to find my way around, let Guarantee Bank with its 17 convenient locations, help you on your journey and become a wonderful addition to your family like they have mine for over 30 years. Guarantee Bank, member FDIC. The news doesn't sleep, and neither do we. Fox News Radio, late breaking, up to the minute, from around the world, around the clock, here on Super Talk Mississippi. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. I want to remind you folks of all ages, you'll find fun across Mississippi. From events and unique places to visit, to history, to culture and sports and outdoors, come on. See where your next adventure awaits. Go to visit Mississippi.org 
for more. Well, all right, all right. Steve Azar coming to you from the Keep Mississippi beautiful studios. I'm back with my pal Cindy Rarick. We're rolling down a Mississippi highway. She's in Arizona, but there are dots that connect us, and that being the game of golf. Also, Cindy, you talk about your nephew playing at Arizona. That's not a small school to get a scholarship or play golf at. So how's his game? Oh, my gosh. I am so proud of my little nephew. I, I shouldn't say little because he's not. He's six two, and he's probably still growing. Uh, he's 21, and he's a junior, and he's been playing the number one or number two spot uh, for the last wow. couple years. And so his game is phenomenal. I've had the uh, good fortune of going to watch him play. He played a tournament up at Poppy Hills in the Monterey Peninsula area in November. And, you know, all these young guys are hitting it so far and so well. But, I mean, it was so exciting to watch him. I mean, the second round, he eagled 9 and 18. Of course, they're both par 5s. But he's so long, he knocks it on, he makes the putt. So his overall game was strong. Well, the third round, I wasn't able to stay there and watch him. But he ended up having a hole in one. Uh, (laughs) Oh, it's crazy. And then he ended up finishing second individually overall out of 18 schools. Wow. So he, you know, he's got high hopes and desires. Because, you know, he'd love to be a Jordan Spieth or a Justin Thomas or, you know, any of these guys. Who wouldn't? You know, he's been following professional golf forever. And, he, and he's, you know, he's on the way for that. But you never know what is really the path ahead. You know, you just never know what could change right. or what could happen. But if everything goes as planned or in his mind, I'm sure he's uh, striving for the PGA Tour. And it would be so exciting if he could make it. You know, it's kind of like Pat Bradley has her nephew, Keegan Bradley, right. who has had some great success out right. on the PGA Tour, multiple tournament winner, and, you know, just having a wonderful life. I mean, the thing is, everybody that plays the game of golf, and I'm sure same for you, because you're a great player, you hit the ball so well. Can we, re- can we rewind know. that? You know I'm not a great player. <laughs> there was a time when I was better, but we did, we did play pretty good uh, when we were together. But uh, but yeah. it took me a minute. <laughs> but uh, no, well, it's good. But... You needed a few warm up holes, but yeah. you got there. That's for sure. Um, no, you've got a strong game. You do. But you know, so it's it's like when you've got that passion, you know, you love the sport, and you know, you just. So I'm just really excited to see what's going to develop for his future and his career. So we'll see. Well, that is so my... cool. So is it harder? Do you think today to get there than the past, or do you think it's equivalent? Well, I do think it's different. Um, when I qualified, we had to, you know, every player had to go through a qualifying school that was only held once a year. And it was, you better be on that week. You better not be sick. Yeah. You better not be on your period. You know, you, you better not right. be doing a lot of things. You better be on your game. Whereas now, to get on the LPGA Tour, it, I think it's like what they do on the PGA, where they can qualify through playing solid all year long, whether it's on the Symmetra or the Corn Ferry. So they've got all year long, you know, if they have one bad week, it doesn't matter because if they have five great weeks, that's going to, you know, knock out the one bad one. And that'll still, they'll still be, you know, qualifying at the end of the season. So it's kind of a different way, but, um, you know, a different way today to get, get on the tour. But it's still difficult. I don't, uh, you know, I would say it doesn't matter whether it was then or now. I'm sure it is as difficult now just because of the pressure. If you're a young player and you've never been on tour, having to, you know, perform week in and week out at a top level is not easy. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's not easy to get qualify. But I will say when you're saying about the difference in the game these days, when I was on tour, you know, it was more about more finesse. There were some long hitters that definitely had advantage. But now the game is a power game, and I don't 
I would say it's on both, whether it's the PGA or the LPGA. It's all about the power game. I mean, everybody's hitting it so much longer, so much further. Um, so it's, it's, I think it's changed that way. What woman? So Tiger. So in in your era, did we have? Would it be Nancy? Um, who is it? Because Nancy's uh, she was a little before you, right? Uh, a little before us. So mm-hmm. uh, who is? Is it Nancy for sure? With versus Tiger? I'm trying to think. Um, that really changed. That really opened the door to TV, uh, more tournaments. You know, was there was one player? Yeah, it was Nancy Lopez, but it was also Annika. And even though Annika is even a little bit younger, um, she was kind of the driving force, really, for the LPGA to have gotten where it is now. I mean, with Nancy Lopez and then Laura Davies came along and she was a power hitter, you know. So it was between, you know, those three players. I, I would say that, yeah, the combination of the three really brought attention to the LPGA. And, yeah, there's a lot more TV now, and I think every event is televised. But when I was out there, yeah, I mean, it would be like one every couple months, and we go, "Oh my God, we're on TV this week," you know. Yeah. And it was a, it was just a, <laughs> it was just a different time, you know, then. And sponsorships have changed and evolved, and all those kinds of things, and you know, the TV contracts, and so uh, yeah, it's just you know evolved into a, a kind of a different thing now. Okay, your first time, first time, your first time you played a tour event and how mm-hmm. fast did it take for you to win uh it took me my first tournament was in january in florida in 85 and i won my first tournament in 87 uh like in the end of february or middle of february so two years and a month or something like that and in 87 when i won that one i had a really it was a fun year because it just everything clicked i won a few times and so that was probably my most fun and exciting year because it was all so fresh and becoming a winner and oh my god you know it kind of changes things and then it changes your mindset and it it it, it was great though i mean a lot of fun just uh that had to be insane just to finally yeah. finally break through and then you went three times that year are you player of the year that year or did they have a player of the uh, year award we didn't really no we didn't really have player of the year so i wasn't that but yeah it was it was amazing all i can say though after that first win, which was in Hawaii, it was the Samura Hawaiian Ladies Open. Mm-hmm. It was on the North Shore over at uh, the Turtle Bay Hilton out at that time. I got so excited that, you know, after winning and interviewing and all these things, I didn't sleep for like three days. The very next morning, I got up and I ran four miles. And I'm like, <laughs> I was like running on a cloud for yeah. a few days because <laughs> I'm like, oh, my gosh, did this really happen? You know, because when you play for two years and never breaking through, I mean, you know, it's, you just kind of go, is it going to happen or when is it going to happen? But not when, if, will right. it ever happen, you know, type of thing. So, uh, yeah, it's a pretty outrageous feeling, you know, something like that. How does, uh, we're talking to Cindy Rarick. Always good to keep Mississippi beautiful. That's what studio we are dwelling in right now. When do you and Chris Cheddar develop the relationship that is where it is now? Um, because at some point it just, it just right clicks and you're going like, well, that's my pal. You know, and and, yeah, and you was, you'd never know it. We all play each other on the golf course. It's the greatest thing I've ever right. seen. It's it's so worse than two cats, two sisters. No. I'm trying to figure it out, but it's awesome. It's it's awesome to watch you two go at it. But where did that relationship start and blossom and happen? Well, it started right after Chris came on the tour because I think she came on a couple of years after I was already out there, and her dad loved golf a lot and said. Uh, well, Chris, you know how you need to improve? You need to find somebody that wants to gamble. 
you know, find somebody that plays a lot, plays well, and gamble with them and, you know, see what you can learn and see what, you know, see where your game's at. So she came up to me one day and said, Cindy, um, I understand that you like to have a match. I said, well, I sure do, Chris. And she goes, well, you know, if you wouldn't mind, could I join you and we'll have a match? I said, well, that'd be great. Well, from that point, we just had so much fun. Uh, we developed a strong, strong friendship. And every week, from that, almost from that point forward, for, the, for our whole, from that point forward, we were playing practice rounds together because a regular practice round without a match or without something on the line is kind of boring. And, you know, because, you know, of course, you're looking at the course and you have to prepare, but there's a way you can do it all, you know. And so she felt the same way. And so we have had so many great matches, not only at tournaments, but when we used to play the Callaway Pebble Beach Invitational, we would go out and have extra matches after the other match and then go to another course. And and plus, um, we both worked for a certain uh, point of time with Dave Pels on our short game. So we used to have wedge matches, chipping matches, bunker matches, and then he, we, we have this putting game that we like to play, and there's always something on the line. But, um, you know, it's just it's been so much fun, and here we go. You know, we've been friends now for 30 years, and, and it's a wonderful thing. You know, I've seen her girls grow up, and, uh, you know, it's just, it's just amazing how everything kind of transitions and evolves because yeah. now, of course, we're not playing that much. There's not really much for us to play in these days, except for some of the charity events like we saw you at and right. some other corporate things. Um, but when we do have a chance to get together, we always make it a point to have a putting match at the least. Are you doing the Legends thing? Do you do that with Chris? You go out yes, and do those Legends? I do. And how many events of those a year do y'all play? Well, last year there were only two. This year um, they've just switched the, like the commissioner, there's a new commissioner for the tour, and she's trying to get more events. And it looks like there will be. So there might be about four or five events on the schedule this year. And so, um, yeah, they're changing some of the criteria. But, yes, I hope to play in in all of them because they're, they're still fun. It's fun to get together with the ladies that I played the tour with from that era. And so it's just a nice time to kind of refresh the friendships and just say hello and check in with your buddies, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, no, no, there's nothing better. I'm Steve Azar. You want to know why I moved back home to this glorious place we call Mississippi? Because it's always been so inspiring to me. To learn more about how it can inspire you, go to visitmississippi.org. News Mississippi, on air, online, and now on the brand new News Mississippi app. You can select the breaking news and weather alerts you want. Just look for News MS in the Apple App Store and on Google Play. That's News MS in the Apple App Store and on Google Play. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Here we go. Remind you folks of all ages, you'll find fun across Mississippi from events and unique places to visit to history and culture to sports and outdoors. See where your next adventure awaits. Go to visit Mississippi.org for more. You're hanging with me and keep Mississippi beautiful studios. I'm Steve Azar. You're listening to In a Mississippi Minute on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm back with my pal Cindy Rarick. Tiger, I want to talk about Tiger. So, Tiger, yeah. so watching him. Okay, to me it's crazy, because you're talking about physical 
a, a physical situation. And when he's tired, you know he's tired. But now he's come yep. back this year and he's won already. And he almost won again. And you know, uh-huh. so how, as an athlete who put your body through it, you know, you're and I'm talking about not just playing the game. I'm talking about getting on airplanes and being sitting in a position for a long time. I'm talking about, you know, having your body to be able to stretch out and get ready because traveling to me is as hard on the body as actually doing being on stage or or whatever, you know, standing for a long period of time. Sitting is sometimes awful. So yeah. just the whole rigors of, of the whole being out. I mean, mm-hmm. are you amazed that he's come back? Like, Because I feel like now he's really back. I know. I, but, yes, I am amazed. I am amazed for a couple of reasons. And I think the first one, like you said, is physically. He has just been through so much with all the surgeries and how his body can get you know, the, the regain the strength that he can, you know, keep swinging at the force that he keeps swinging at. Um, but, you know, I am amazed, but I am inspired by it because he's been, we all know he's been through so much emotionally, physically, you name it. But he yet still has maintained the desire. So, and it's, it's not about, of course, it's not about the dollars. And that's what some people say, well, you know, it's not about the dollars. He loves the game. He wants to win. He still wants to be the champion. It feels good winning. I mean, you know, it's that's yeah. why Jack Nichols played so long. And some of these other guys have played so long. It's not that they need to. It's because they love it. They want to. That's where their passion lies. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm thrilled for Tiger. It was so exciting to watch the President's Cup last week, yeah. having them come back from a, you know, being, have, you know from they the first round pounded. being way down. Yeah. <laughs> And um, so, you know, I, it's just exciting. It's, it's exciting, and it is great for golf. You know, there's he just brings more attention to the sport, and people like to see what's he going to do next, you know? And it's, yeah, it's kind of yeah. neat. It, it really is. It is. It's been really inspiring for me as well. And anybody in any walk of life, I mean, he transcended sport. So, all right, let's talk yeah. about your love of wine. When did that all start? Tell me about your winery that you just decided to sell. Uh, uh-huh. out and all that, but was that something that you were passionate about? Yes, you know, I have loved wine ever since I was about 25, and um, just always enjoyed it, and, you know, didn't really learn as much as I should have learned in my earlier, younger years. I just knew that I loved wine, I loved the flavor of it, I loved, the, I loved tasting other wines from around the world, all these things. And then later in life, you know, I, I met a guy, we were together, we, he, just, he wanted to get out of technology. He says, listen, why don't we build a wine, because so we went through a road trip through Napa. And he's like, this is what I'm going to do next. And I'm like, what? Are you nuts? And anyway, we decided that, you know, he knew that I loved it, because I, I think I loved it more than he did at the beginning. But he said, no, I think I want to do this. This wow. would be kind of fun, you know. He, he, I think he liked the sound of running, owning, and having a winery, and uh, actually being the farmer, though, being the chemist and the scientist behind it all, because right. there is a lot of that to it, too, as well. But, um, no, so I've just, fortunately, I've loved it through all my life, and it's been it's been really neat, and I've since taken, um, a few years ago, I you know went through some real sommelier training and learning more about not only regions of the world about wines and all these other things. So it, it's just fascinating. It's, it's like a never-ending field that you can always constantly be learning on but um your winery was in uh sorry about that your winery was is uh was in washington state is that 
correct? Up Washington, yeah. up in right. that area? Uh, just outside Leavenworth, Washington. Yeah. And it's a beautiful area, absolutely gorgeous area. The, the building itself is gorgeous. We have a lot of weddings, private parties, uh, celebration of life events, you name it. Um, it's, just, it's just a neat place to go, and people love it. And the wine is very good, you know. Uh, it's really, really nice. Washington has, uh, they've got great agriculture there, and, and some of the areas where they are growing the grapes, you know, more Walla Walla, Prosser, different parts of central Washington where the climate is better. I mean, it's giving California a run for their money. Some of the Washington yeah. wines are winning worldwide awards. That's just amazing. Uh, do you have, you have to have a certain uh, geographical area, a little mountainous, hilly, certain amount of rainfall, certain things for certain wines is important, right? Yes, for certain grapes, yeah. For certain yeah. varietals, yeah. Every, every varietal is different of what they need and how they thrive and all that. That's why, like, the, in Napa, the Cabernet grape does so well because yeah. it gets, gets a lot of heat. Right. You know, so it's, um, anyway, but you're right. You're absolutely right. There's different climates for every varietal. Well, since I'm right, I'm going to end on that note. So, because I know that when I hang up here, <laughs> Gwen's going to tell me I'm wrong about something, which is all right, because she's right. All right. Hey, listen, Cindy, I can't thank you enough. We have been with LPGA multiple times. She won. Uh, and she's she's one in life, and she's a wonderful lady. Cindy Rarick, I can't thank you enough for taking a Mississippi Minute with me. Remember, from the wide and wondrous Delta to the Gulf Coast beaches and all points between, go to visitmississippi.org to plan your next adventure. I'm Steve Azar. In a Mississippi Minute, all 60 of them, where you can take your sweet time. News Mississippi, on air, online, and now on the brand new News Mississippi app. You can select the breaking news and weather alerts you want. Just look for News MS in the Apple App Store and on Google Play. That's News MS in the Apple App Store and on Google Play. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.